Hello and welcome to Lockdown, episode two or three. How long have we been in lockdown now? My gosh, this is episode three. We're still here. And of course, everybody is still being impacted by uh, being stuck at home. So I've been doing a little bit of reading in my spare time now that I don't have the commute. One of the things that I've been reading about is the privacy changes that are happening at the moment or that are being considered at the moment. So reducing privacy regulations due to COVID-19, those kinds of things. Recently, we've seen developments, for example, around location tracking in a bid to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Generally, what I'm talking about here is um, the idea of tracking individuals for a couple of different reasons. Uh, One would be contact tracing. So this is the idea that if somebody tested positive, could you use uh, location data of a wide range of people to work out who that person came into contact with to allow you to alert those people that this person might have come into contact with that they themselves could be infected or to get those people that they come into contact with also tested. It could also be used for things like um, enforcing lockdowns. So if there's a curfew or if people are told uh, to lock down, you know, to, to reduce to essential travel only, you could use location data to see if people are actually following through with that. And if they're not, then enforcing that in some way, be it fines, convictions, whatever. So there is a kind of overall reason as to why we might want to do this. And this is the, you know, uh, protection of the broader population from things like coronavirus. However, there is, of course, some privacy risk here. Now, privacy isn't something that we usually cover on this podcast. We're usually talking about pen testing and breaking into buildings and breaking into computers, but privacy is a critical part of security overall, and it's societally important, and it's timely. So let's talk about the privacy impact of the current situation that we're in. I'll start with the coronavirus specifics and kind of what I've been reading about at the moment, why I think it should be concerning to a lot of people, and then we'll pull back a little bit and take a look at the the broader kind of how does this apply to businesses outside of kind of coronavirus. So, you know, how does this apply to, to general data as opposed to the specific case that we're talking about here? So quick detour to talk about privacy, mobile devices, location tracking, and COVID-19. Now, there's an idea and some research behind it, that location-based tracking can impact the spread of the virus and ultimately reduce the length of time that we have to be in lockdown. It's also been said that there has been some success in places like China and South Korea. But what are the concerns of location tracking? I guess taking it to its extreme, why don't we all just post our exact GPS coordinates somewhere public all the time? Well, to be honest, my default immediate reaction to this question is kind of like, because privacy is important and we need to protect it. But I'll try and, you know, unpack the idea a little bit so that we can analyze specifically, you know, how uh, risk management around data uh, can be achieved and, and balancing kind of, you know, impact versus benefit, risk versus benefit. So... Um, some bad things specifically with location tracking as examples. Consider somebody who has a medical condition for which they worry that if the knowledge of that condition became public, this could lead to them being discriminated against in some way. You have a right to privacy of medical data. However, fine-grained location data could disclose 
that you have that condition. For example, if you were to visit a medical facility which specialized in the treatment of that condition, that could disclose to people that you may have the condition. Consider a victim of domestic abuse. The ability for their abuser to track their movements could easily be abused and, and lead to harm for that victim, especially if they're trying to escape from that situation or trying to seek help. Consider stalking in a similar way. Location tracking could lead to harm for those people who are at risk. Consider the financial risk. Many people, uh, you know, fraud and identity theft, location information could play into that by disclosing where you live, where you work. You know, where you live is probably your billing address and that could be used as part of fraud. Consider those who work for sensitive government departments or law enforcement. From a national security and law enforcement point of view, we might not want all of their location data being disclosed all the time. You know, this is different. We're not talking about necessarily where they live, but it could be talking about um, who they associate with. If the location information of several people can be used, um, that could impact undercover operations. It could impact government agents, those kinds of things. So location data can be abused in a really broad range of ways. So it's important from a national security, data security, privacy point of view. Now, fine-grained continuous individual location data can disclose where you live, where you work, where you shop, who you associate with, medical data. So it can be really bad if, you know, it's uh, used in some negative way or if it's compromised in some way. But we have to admit in the discussion that there is a positive side to things like location tracking. I mentioned using it for contact tracing for COVID or using it for uh, enforcing lockdown with the intention of reducing the amount of time that we have to spend in lockdown. So kind of like between these two ideals here where one negatively impacts the other. It's critical that we make sure that, you know, the data is protected. But to do that, we have to understand what the actual argument is and, and, and what the data is. We'll take a look, like I said, at the specifics around coronavirus and then we'll try and broaden it out a little bit. So, you know, we know there's a good side, we know there's a bad side, but what I've been talking about so far specifically is um, fine-grained location tracking that is continuous and about an individual. We're talking about the ability to determine a person's location to within a couple of feet as opposed to, say, cell tower location, which narrows it down to, what, a couple of miles. You know, the, the risk uh, adjusts based on which one you're using. Fine-grained continuous individual location data can be way more impactful than this kind of broader location data. But it's also important to notice that, of course, this impacts the, the benefits. Consider, you know, contact tracing. We'd no longer be considering, okay, these two people stood next to each other for a long period of time. We now know through testing that one of them is positive. We should inform the other one. But we're looking at, okay, these two people were in the same town at the same time, those kinds of things. We lose a lot of the benefit when we lose a lot of the granularity. Talked about continuous tracking. What I mean by that is, well, the risk of infection greatly, it's based on how long you're near somebody. So so to explain what I mean by that, you know, are we talking about um, jogging past somebody who is positive when you are on your one daily exercise period? Or are we talking about standing next to somebody for 40 minutes, queuing to get into the supermarket. This massively impacts the, the benefit of that data, of course, by impacting the, you know, the risk that we're talking about here. I also talked about individual tracking. Because if you attempt to anonymize the data, and we'll talk about kind of pseudonymization, anonymizing data, de-anonymizing data, 
But if you if you try and uh, anonymize the data, there's some challenges there. So uh, if this data is is uh, tied to individuals, if you just have uh, a load of um, unlabeled location data, so you're trying to protect this sensitive data by, by not labeling who it belongs to or who it was gathered uh, about, who the individual is, it's very likely that you could de-anonymize that. So if you know a couple of the locations that I visit regularly, home, work, friends, whatever, you're probably able to work out, you know, de-anonymize that data and work out that it was about me based on those small pieces of information. So making, you know, just simply unlabeling this data isn't protection enough to make sure that it can't be abused in these ways. So we have to look at, you know, other ideas here. And, and there's a few things that can be used to um, adapt the ability to de-anonymize anonymized data, but that generally impacts the usefulness, the benefit from that data. So, um, for example, I, I talk about, um, you know, being able to look at location data, look at the fact that, you know, this this uh, unlabeled individual visits my house and my place of work frequently, and therefore this is probably me, and, and de-anonymizing it based on this kind of accuracy. One way of uh, preventing that, of course, would be to reduce the precision, but that would reduce the, the benefit. Again, we're moving away from these two people stood next to each other to these two people were in the same area. And the bigger the area, the less useful it is. So it's tough. You might think that the ends justify the means. You might think that, you know, so what if some people get hurt, stalked, abused, discriminated against? You know, those will be isolated cases. And what we're talking about here of, you know, the prevention, the reduction of the number of cases of coronaviruses is for the greater good. Well, given that, okay, let's be on a straw man, but given that consideration, there's also um, how much do you trust the authority in charge of gathering the data to protect it and to not needlessly share it or share it with people who, who we wouldn't generally be um, happy with it being shared with, either because it's needless or because there's some um, other risk that comes about with sharing that data with that person. We're constantly hearing stories of organizations, including governments, being hacked and data being leaked. And these are not isolated cases. And if the data is um, taken for the best of interests, for the greater good, with the idea that the ends justify the means, and then is stolen, well, this is wide-reaching, serious impact like we've talked about. So it's important to remember that, okay, yes, the reason that this data might be gathered is important, but the data alone doesn't solve the problem and there are complications. You know, telling that I was in the same town as somebody who's positive is useless and you could have probably gathered that information through some other means other than location tracking. For example, we both live in the catchment area of a hospital and using the hospital's data around number of patients that they receive who are positive. So the uh, precision of data is important. I mentioned this um, continuous idea. If the data isn't continuous, you might only be able to tell that a positive person and I took the same running route, but not that we were running at the same time or that we passed each other. Again, this reduces how beneficial that data is. Another method of protecting data, other than it being unlabeled, other than it being less precise, is aggregating that data so that you can't pull out this kind of individual nature of the data. And if the data is aggregated, then you can only tell that someone in my group was close to somebody in a group that tested positive. And that varies 
depending on how the data is aggregated and to what degree. But again, you can see that it becomes less useful. So in the context of COVID, contact tracing is beneficial, but may only be beneficial if the data is granular or fine-grained, continuous, and individual in nature. And where we kind of pull back from that for protecting the privacy of individuals, which is an important thing, then this impacts its benefit. There's another thing to consider within the context of the virus as well, and that is um, how useful would contact tracing be without widespread availability of testing? You know, one of the things that was raised in some of the articles discussing using location tracking is things like um, you know, the success that South Korea has had in part due to widespread availability of testing so that people who have come into contact with those who have tested positive can themselves be tested. You know, it's, it's prompting them to, to have that action or allowing them to have that action. So it's, it's important. But yeah, location tracking data, um, possibly more impactful to individuals than you'd considered. Many of the protections around anonymizing the data, such as reducing its precision, aggregating the data, uh, those kinds of things, reduce the benefit greatly or might even entirely remove the benefit. Um, so it, it's important. It's not just as simple as, well, the ends justify the means, so we should do it, because, well, it might not. Now, um, some of these ideas, some of these things I've been, I've been talking about here around kind of protecting uh, data, specifically in the context of coronavirus, um, came from a white paper from the SCLU that was titled The Limits of Location Tracking in an Epidemic. And that paper includes um, five questions, which is really the, the reason that I wanted to bring this up on the podcast, because these questions could be broadly applied to, you know, protecting data or, or gathering, storing, processing data for any business reason, uh, aside from the epidemic. And I figured I would kind of finish off with, with raising these questions in the context of just data protection in general. So whenever you're looking to gather, store, process transmit data one of the things that you should be considering you know starting point what is the goal of obtaining the data what is the reason that this data is obtained and whilst i am you know kind of talking about you know the gdpr data protection sense of is this data being gathered for a lawful purpose i mean somewhat broader than that you know what is it that you are gathering this data for keeping that in mind second thing what is the data and I don't mean you know um, generically like oh it's location data or oh it's GPS coordinates or it's two float values that will become you know coordinates longitude latitude what I'm talking about specifically here is you know how finely grained is it is it anonymized is it aggregated what's the precision those kinds of things those specifics around you know what is the data how is that data going to be used this is important not only from a security point of view and an auditing point of view, but also just from that from the ethical stance. People might take a different stance in, in the kind of COVID-19 context of is if the data is to be used to do contact tracing and therefore reduce the number of people who might um, contract coronavirus, a lot of people would be okay with that. Less people, I would expect, would be okay with things like location data being used to enforce uh, curfews, enforced lockdown, those kinds of things. This is the um, healthcare versus law enforcement argument here. But in in general, you know, uh, data protection, 
the the reason that the data is is being stored is is important so who gets access to the data is important and and this considers you know um primary and secondary reasons as well so you might say oh we track user actions for security reasons to protect the website to allow us auditing those kinds of things in a, in a generic data protection sense and many people would be okay with that but if you then said you know, we also send that data to the marketing department so that they can contact users and try and sell things to them. Again, different people, less people, I would imagine, would be okay with that. So the who gets access to the data is important, both in terms of coronavirus and just a broader data protection sense. How is the data used? Now, this sounds the same as the first question, which was, what is the goal of obtaining the data? What I'm talking about here is, you know, distinct from, you know, we have what is the goal of the data? What are we trying to achieve? And then what are we actually achieving? How is the data actually being used? How is it being stored and processed? And then a big thing is, what is the life cycle of the data? This is big, both in terms of um, general data storage, where I'm, I'm talking about things like data destruction, the protection of data throughout its life cycle, but also in the context of the coronavirus, things like um, adapting regulation, reducing privacy regulation to allow for certain actions to be taken for dealing with the epidemic, dealing with the pandemic. And um, once that has been dealt with, once this situation has been addressed, making sure that those regulations, the reduction of privacy protections is put back so there's the, you know, there's the specific context of, of COVID, but also in terms of the life cycle of data, what I'm talking about here is, um, do you gather data for a legitimate reason and then never get rid of it? The never getting rid of it part is, is bad. Two big reasons why it's bad. The first is the longer you keep it, the more likely it would be to be hacked, stolen, leaked, those kinds of things. Because once you've gotten rid of it, those things can't happen, presuming you got rid of it properly. So... The life cycle of the data is important. It's not just um, how you're gathering it and what are you doing with it, but it's when and how do you get rid of it. I know a lot of organizations kind of worry about this last one, either because of regulatory requirements um, requiring them to keep hold of data for a certain amount of time uh, and being unsure of, you know, uh, when data is still needed. But it's, it's something to consider for, for all data that's stored and certainly data that could be um, sensitive in nature or, or amount. But life cycle of data would be, you know, when, when are you looking to, to get rid of that? I get it from a business point of view. You know, if you're still storing it, you could make the decision to get rid of it. But once you've gotten rid of it, you can't make the decision to continue storing it. So, so I understand the difficulty there. But yeah, um, those are kind of the five questions that I wanted to highlight from a general data management point of view and, and why I picked the privacy concerns of coronavirus to this episode. So just to quickly summarize, what is the goal of obtaining the data? What is the data specifically? Who gets access to the data? How is the data used? And what is the life cycle of the data? Just some things to consider. I hope you're all doing okay in lockdown. I hope we're not in lockdown for much longer, but hey, let's make it through it. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I will see you in the next podcast. Thank you.